We are the Narrators 3, Elisa, Lynn, and Chell. And this is Once Upon a Rewatch, where every plot device comes with a price. Welcome to Once Upon a Rewatch, Season 1, Episode 4, The Price of Gold. The air date was November 13th, 2011. The writers were Adam Horowitz and Edward Kitsis and David H. Goodman. Goodman is also co-executive producer, but he will end up co-writing 32 episodes in all during the duration of Once Upon a Time. His writing credits include The Event, Fringe, Without a Trace, Birds of Prey, and Angel. This episode was directed by David Solomon. He's a producer-director with directing credits for 19 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dollhouse, Firefly, Las Vegas, and Grimm, among a bunch of one-shot guest director spots. The title card features a fairy godmother. We start in the Enchanted Forest. The episode opens up with Cinderella's stepmother and sisters going to a ball at the castle. A fairy godmother appears to Cinderella and tells her, although her stepmother said she could not go to the ball, Cinderella is going to go anyway with the power of her magic wand. Holy shit! Suddenly, the fairy godmother explodes in a horrendous yet amazing display of pyrotechnics. She's incinerated swiftly and a hand grabs the wand. Cinderella shouts in despair, saying, you just killed my fairy godmother. And be careful, that wand is pure magic. The hand is revealed to be attached to one Rumpelstiltskin, and he says that the wand is pure evil and that he just did her a favor because all magic comes with a price. And if you're playing the once upon a time drinking game, this is easily the best phrase to get you super drunk super fast. In this scene, I feel like Rumpelstiltskin basically kills a bootleg version of 1997's Whitney Houston fairy godmother, like in her gold dress. And it always makes me a little sad. I'm like, no, it's my childhood. Don't do that. I love her. And she's literally the only fairy in the show with a non-horrifyingly bad outfit. And she gets murdered immediately. And I'm very sad. Rip, well-dressed fairy. I know, please, Rumpelstiltskin, why didn't you kill off the fairy in the terrible jellyfish dress? Like, there's a bunch of them. Just do one of them. There's several. Pick. (laughs) Like, leave bootleg Wendy Houston alone. She's so much better than those other fairies. She dresses so much better. (laughs) Yeah, I hate to say it, but, like, in the one minute we had of this actress, I'm like, I already love her way more than I like any of the other fairies. She's immediately yeah, better she's than so any better. other. She's fairy. just so good. And I'm like, <laughs> I want her to live. Yeah. I know, we get it for two seconds. And you know what I did notice her, uh, so every fairy has like a color correspondence and hers was gold. That was my actual theory that I was discussing earlier with Elisa is I was like, he just waited for her because she was his aesthetic. Oh yeah, you told me that you were like, he just doesn't want the wand to clash with his outfit. Yeah, he didn't want to pick one of the other fairies because the wand would have clashed. Yeah. He had to have this one, the one well-dressed fairy. He is such a dandy. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) So Rumble turns to go saying that Cinderella cannot handle the magic of that wand, but Cinderella insists that she could. She proclaims that she will do anything to change her wretched life. Cinderella asks if he knows how to use the one, Mr. And then he, of course, he goes, Rumpelstiltskin, at your service, telling her, of course, that he knows how to use the wand, silly girl. He tells her that if she can shoulder the consequences, he will give her what she wants. He tells her he wants a favor, though, something precious to be paid in the future. Cinderella tells him she will give him anything, just get her out of here. 
he makes her sign a contract agreeing to his terms, which she does not read, but hastily signs. Now this dum-dum does not bother to read the contract. Your man here just incinerated another supremely magical creature for this wand. A wand that we have no idea what he wants to deal with. And he ain't being coy about a steep, precious price to be paid in the future. And all of Cinderella's woes, I'm sorry to say, but um, she's got no one to blame but herself. I guess in her defense, the peasant class was largely illiterate. Maybe she could not read. She probably just went, I don't know, those scribbles seem legitimate. <laughs> no, because she wasn't the peasant class. That's the thing. She was the very well-educated girl until well, her- then she has no fucking excuse. Yeah, no, 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 no. She was a very doted upon upper class girl uh, yeah, until, until, until she was turned into a servant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess now, nah, I mean, I don't want to give her the benefit of the doubt because I don't really care about her. But <laughs> yeah, I guess exactly. Like, well- in the original Disney movie, she was a pretty young child when her father died. Maybe she hadn't learned to read yet. Eh. But that's the best I can give her. All right. She really has no excuse. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. learn to read. Learn to learn read. Learn to read. Contracts. Don't listen to Regina. Literacy's great. Yeah. <laughs> so Rumpelstiltskin waves the wand and Cinderella has a beautiful ball gown, a coach, and of course the glass slippers because every story needs a memorable detail. He wishes her to have a good time, but to watch the clock. Um, overall, I, I'm not a big fan of Cinderella's ball gown and overall her look here. I think it's very pageant and I'm just not into it. You know, starting off, when to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of how they handle Cinderella in Once Upon a Time. I love Cinderella in, in most forms. Uh, she's one of my, my true princess loves. I love her very much. I, I don't like how they handle her here. No, much like the Cinders, she is swept under the rug fairly quickly. Yeah. So back in Storybrooke, Henry and Emma are walking down the high street to Henry's bus stop. Stupid handsome Graham shows up, sirens blazing. The sheriff tells Emma he is thanking her for helping find David Nolan and offers her a job as a deputy. She is hesitant, but he asks her to think about it. Handsome Graham, beautiful Graham, perfect Graham, wonderful Graham, light of my life Graham. (laughs) Stupid handsome Graham. Stupid handsome Graham. Can you just offer someone a deputy job? Shouldn't there be more to it? I, I mean, I haven't looked into this, but like, is that a thing that could actually happen? With like, I mean, if they gave the role to Don Knotts and Mayberry, and <laughs> Jesus, because like sheriffs have to be elected, don't they? Yeah, they're elected. Yeah, they're elected officials. So, do deputies have to be? Well, no. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like Storybrooke though is basically the equivalent to Forget It, Jake. It's Chinatown. I think there's like no rules really. <laughs> Like, he, he probably can't do that, but, you know, forget it, Jake, it's Storybrooke. Yeah. So Emma heads to the diner for hot chocolate with cinnamon when Regina struts in to announce that Emma no longer worries her because Emma does not stay anywhere for very long. Regina had done some digging, and she knows that Emma is living with Mary Margaret, but believes that Emma won't change because she has a history of a transient life, her longest stay being a two-year stint in Tallahassee. Put a pin in that, friends. We'll eventually come back to it. After Regina leaves, Emma drops the hot chocolate all over herself. Like, how does she even spill on herself like that? Like, I know it's for the plot, but you visibly see her just dump it on herself. You see her grab it by the handle and just, like, slosh it. (laughs) It's very bad. I mean, I feel like I have actually done that before. (laughs) You have. I've watched you do it. (laughs) So I'll 
will give Eva that she could have actually done that. But yeah, it's yeah. a little, it's, it's, it's not that natural. It, it's, yeah, she's just like, oh, what? This thing I've done. It's Silly like, me. Oh, Silly whoops. Me. And it's like, are you kidding right now? My very important note for the scene was just that Ruby is so cute when she's helping Emma with this filled hot chocolate when she comes over. And I'm just like, oh, Ruby. No, it is an important note. She is very cute. She's very mm-hmm. cute. So Emma heads to the laundry room in the restaurant question mark i think i think the rest i think the diner and maybe the the b&b slash their house are like kind of attached i think they are i think there's yeah. like a i think there's like a through way like yes i think, like I think the it's like there's a through way exactly the diner sits in front and the b&b is kind of sitting yeah. in the back yeah and i think it like implies like it's trying to imply that like Cinderella or Ashley is the maid at the B&B. She is. So she's, yeah. So she's a maid over at the B&B. So she meets a heavily pregnant girl, Ashley, um, who is, we see as our cursed storybook Cinderella. The girl tells Emma her baby could come any day. She tells Emma no one thinks that she can take care of the baby because she is only 19. Emma tells her the choice is hers and she decides what she wants. Okay. I... <laughs> I, I love that Emma is just looking at Ashley like cool story bro <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, and then it goes from that to that's rough buddy yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's visibly disinterested in the beginning like she's definitely like I just I didn't ask for this I just I wanted to wash my yeah, shirt please I just want to do my laundry why are you telling me your life story and bless Emma's dumb meddling heart. Ugh. You know, as much though as Ashley does annoy me, I do not wish a 29-year gestation on anyone. Oh, that is that is my hell. That is yeah, that is definitely nightmare. one of Lynn's circles of hell. Yeah, like that's 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 yeah, that's a you've been a real bad person. You died. But yeah, it's so funny how Emma from the scene goes to like, please stop to just being like, I guess I'm your mom now. Yeah. That's Emma that's with fine. a lot of the cast. <laughs> yeah. To be I real. Guess I, I guess I'm mom now. I guess I'm yeah, mom that's, now. That's Emma with an awful lot of the characters. It's her being like, I didn't ask for your life story or to deal with your problems. And then she transitions to like, I guess I just have all these children. Either that or, or I have all these siblings. Yeah. Pretty just, much. I have all they these... all just become family she is somehow responsible for. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the premise of the show. Yeah. It's true. God true. bless Once Upon a Time. It's very incestuous. Speaking of... That night, Mr. Gold closes his shop and walks away after a moment's hesitation. Ashley emerges from the shadows and puts a brick through the window of his shop to get it unlocked. She rummages around frantically and finds a wall safe just as Mr. Gold walks back in and questions her. She tells him she is changing her life and sprays pepper spray in his eyes and takes the keys from the safety of his belt uh, because he has knocked his ass out going down yeah this is this is the only scene that i I, i'm like okay no i I can roll with ashley here because she's just like you want my baby well i'm gonna steal your shit and shoot you in the face with pepper spray old man and i'm just like that's hilarious it is literally the only time in the entire show in which ashley is cool i I, really because i was just like really girl really (laughs) or at least trying to just trying i don't know it's just it's it's a it's a really funny scene and and I do love that, you know, Rumpelstiltskin is just like, I mean, he just goes fucking down. Down, oh, oh. down like a bag of hammers. Right. And I'm like, oh, who who knew that this is all you needed to do like, yeah. to, to like defeat the dark one is just pepper spray just pepper his spray. ass. Pretty much. It's like, you're one of the biggest, most powerful entities in this whole like entire setup here. And it's like, oh, that, 
okay well you're down all right all right well <laughs> yes that's all right that's a little anticlimactic but okay <laughs> so the next day regina is getting ready for a saturday council meeting telling henry under no circumstances is he to leave the house and that she will be back at 5 p.m sharp of course henry bolts the second her car is out of sight Meanwhile, Mary Margaret and Emma are eating breakfast when Mr. Gold comes calling, asking to speak to Emma. After Mary Margaret skedaddles, Gold says he needs Emma to find Ashley Boyd. Mr. Gold gives Emma a photo and Emma recognizes her. Emma asks, why doesn't he just go to the police? He says he doesn't want to ruin Ashley's life. He just wants something back that she has of his. Mr. Gold begs her to help him because he does not want to see Ashley's baby born in jail. This of course hits home for Emma, so she agrees. Henry bursts in the door and sees Mr. Gold. Mr. Gold wishes Emma good luck and as he leaves. Henry asks Emma if she has any idea who Mr. Gold might be in the Enchanted Force because he is still trying to figure it out. So I'm unsure if it's confirmed, but the theory is that once upon a time, the book that Henry uses as his reference only unfolds its truth as it deems necessary. So I guess that means Rumpelstiltskin has yet to be mentioned or at least like with heavy enough significance that Henry can connect the dots. I mean that's better than my theory that just that the illustrations are so terrible in the book that he doesn't think it looks like him. <laughs> like I've never seen him before. I don't he know. doesn't look like anybody in these bad drawings. <laughs> right, right. In this scene it really bothers me that Mary Margaret like is making a nice breakfast and then both her and Emma don't get to eat the breakfast. It's not like she was just like, here's some Fruit Loops, Emma. She like made a full breakfast for the two of them and neither of them take a bite of it. Well, and, I'm and sure as soon as like the coast is clear and, and Mr. Gold is like out of the apartment, uh, I'm sure Mary Margaret like creeps back in and yeah. slithers out breakfast. from her bath to eat the breakfast. <laughs> yeah, like bath, bath is just code for, I'm getting the hell out of here. I just don't want to be here. It's awkward. He creeps me the math out. I'm going over there. <laughs> I think she, he glare, he's like, uh you know he gives her like that look and she's like oh, okay. it's my own house but sure sure here live here but whatever man emma tells henry that ashley is pregnant and desperate and she has to find her henry wants to help her look because he wants to spend time with emma i do love henry's genetic ability to manipulate a situation in his favor hmm i wonder where he gets that from so back in the past cinderella now just ella is watching fireworks with prince thomas ah uh, white generic cishet man <laughs> prince thomas the fireworks are to celebrate their wedding he looks like he's 15 he really does they both look like they're on one tree hill at like a prom yeah like like that cinderella <laughs> themed you know and i don't yeah. even know if like our listeners like like i've never seen a single episode but i'm like that guy i was like like i'm like is this guy chad michael murray like yeah, is this, was chad he? michael murray light he was like, I wish I low was rent. Michael Murray. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very, very low rent version of like, Chad, Michael, Chad Michael Murray. Paper Jam Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. <laughs> Paper Jam? Oh, no, this is going to go into a complete oh, okay. <laughs> sidebar. There is a show called Gravity Falls, and in it- Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Yeah, so there's the episode where Dipper learns how to make duplicates of himself with, yeah. the, with the copier, but he gets the paper jammed at one point and makes the really terrible dipper that just like speaks it in human shrieks and he refers to his paper jam dipper that paper show jam, like i just recently watched it and i mean like within the last year 
it it's legit so good. it legit freaked me the fuck out oh it has episodes oh, that are God. not okay bill is so terrifying yeah. like i was i legit like go like went ah you know and pulled back like it was no there there's 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 bill episodes that aren't okay and then the whole summer ween episode is pretty not okay as much as oh, i yeah. love it. like god bless gravity falls but it went to some places that i'm like oh you're showing this to kids okay yeah <laughs> yeah so Princess Ella dances with her gross father-in-law who makes a gross comment about their family soon expanding. Snow White and Prince Charming are at the wedding and Snow White says she is proud of Ella because she showed that anyone can change their life. And she's in a fucking purple prom dress. Snow White is in a purple prom dress. Why? I hate it so much. Why is Snow White in purple? They're always so careful to keep everyone in their signature colors, except for here where they're like, I just don't care anymore. Plus, I, I think Eduardo must have been sick that day. I don't, someone was sick because that thing's a mess. And like, I like that, you, I like that, that like, like I would wear that dress, right? But like, this is purple. But it's not, it's not appropriate for Snow. Not some, and they're not always snow. so careful about each, each character has like their specially coded color theme that they always are dressed in, always. Right. And then out of nowhere, they're like, I don't know, it's a wedding, so I guess she can't wear white. So um, let's disregard like the other colors that are already associated with her, like, I don't know, yellow or blue or red, and let's put her in purple, because yeah. of course, that makes sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And it makes me angry. This whole scene makes me angry. No, everyone is in prom dresses. Everyone is in an off the rack prom dress from the mall, except for Cinderella. From, like 2003 prom it is a flashback to my high school prom and i don't care for it it's the david's bridal under 30 dollar rack which is is. incidentally where i got my prom dress from i cast no aspersions my prom dresses were all homemade nice (laughs) i'm a mama i do like the one shot uh when cinderella and snow are dancing and it's from an aerial shot looking down them i think that looks very pretty but like that's basically it for the rest of the scene i'm cringing i'm cringing the whole time there's so many prom dresses and then yeah. the father-in-law is creepy and he's real creepy like he's that, real like, creepy that weird that weird thing about oh our family will be expanding soon it's like sir <laughs> sir like one we just got married yeah two, and then two ew that's not your business i mean it yeah. is your business like in a macro sense but not a micro sense gross and not, not definitely not a sense that we're discussing this in public ugh. like ugh, gross Sir. this is what this is this is this is why wigs ended up at the bottom of a basket i'm just saying you know this is why uh royalty is not is very yeah. out of fashion because <laughs> yeah. monarchies gross down that's with the monarchy that's what we're saying <laughs> yeah. that's gross down with imperialism all right, here we go. Sorry, it's your socialist commentary for the for the episode. Okay, so Rumpelstiltskin shows up in all of his wedding celebratory finery and tells Ella that he, yeah, he's very lucky that he's not in a prom dress. And he tells Ella that he is proud of her too. He asks if she got everything she desired, and Cinderella asks what his price is. She's very hostile to him, which she has absolutely no reason to be. He tells her it is something she does not possess yet, but it is something that is coming, her firstborn. Folks, this is why you have a lawyer present and you never sign contracts during a Mercury retrograde. Some alarmingly hot lizard wizard huckster is going to take advantage of your dumb shit noodle brain. That's what's good. Thank you. So the plot here in this episode reminds me a little of the Rapunzel episode of Fairy Tale Theater, uh, which I hope some of you listening remember Fairy Tale Theater, 
um, with Shelley Duvall. But in it, some radishes are stolen from a witch's garden for Rapunzel's mother's like pregnancy cravings. And because of that, a deal has to be made for the baby uh, for Rapunzel. And I kind of wish they had done something like that here for this baby stealing plot because both Cinderella and Rapunzel, from what I can remember, are princesses who have kind of blah one-off episodes in Once Upon a Time. And I think they could have done something really interesting there with Rapunzel since baby stealing, baby deal plot is already baked into a lot of existing Rapunzel lore. They could have done so much better. I mean, I have theories, but none of them are none of them are fleshed out more than because they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A short while later, Prince Thomas returns early from a hunt to see Ella packing frantically. Cinderella tells him she is pregnant, but she has made a deal with Rumpelstiltskin and that she would give him her firstborn child. She tells her husband she is going to lose everything because of Rumpelstiltskin and he is too powerful. Prince Thomas insists that they will just make another deal. You know... Prince Thomas is not quite as dumb as he looks. I mean, he is, but his idea of making another deal is good in theory, but the road they ultimately go down is just blazingly stupid. Um, this scene is like the first time I actually like Cinderella's outfit. Um, it's her I know. It actually reminds me of Sleeping Beauty, the 1950s version, as well as like this, like she looks very 1950s. Which yeah, is it's very when... pretty. I like, I like her hair in the scene. It's first yeah. time I like her, her hair in a scene. First time I like her dress. She looks great. It actually kind of reminded me of the Blue Fairy in the original Disney Pinocchio. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. That's yes. it. Yeah. She super glamorous. It looks very. beautiful. Also, just got to say, she got knocked up super fast, like dang girl. That's just saying. Fertile soil. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, she makes a whole thing about the soil's not fertile, and I'm like, mm, ain't it though, honey? Because that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> so back in Storybrooke, Emma is questioning Ruby about Ashley, and Ruby tells Emma she has a stepmother and two stepsisters. Henry has an aha moment and realizes that Ashley is Cinderella. Ruby insists that Ashley is really trying to put her life back together after her ex, Sean, left due to his wealthy father wanting to break them up. Emma heads over to Sean's house. This is Prince Thomas's cursed persona. Sean's father comes out and tells Emma that he is not going to let his son ruin his life. Sean's father tells Emma that he brokered a deal that Ashley would give up her child with someone who will pay her very well for the baby. Emma realizes it is Mr. Gold who has bought the baby. The prince's father is a shitbag and I want to punch him. He's just like, yeah, I helped her. I sold her baby to a pawn shop. <laughs> Like, what the hell? And like, Emma just like, you can tell she just wants to like kick him in the balls. And I'm just like, kick him in the balls. Emma's always down to throw down. Cock punch him. Oh, he's the worst. I'm just like, yeah. I was like, they're a kid, so sell your baby. Yeah, she doesn't need a reason to punch a man. She just needs a time and a place. Exactly. Time and a, a time and a target. <laughs> like barely go. that. She needs yeah. the loosest prompt to just throw hands. Yeah. It's one of her most endearing qualities. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Henry is trying to tell Emma that she cannot make Ashley break a deal with Mr. Gold because nobody breaks deals with Mr. Gold. Emma and Henry head to the restaurant to confront Ruby for more details. And Emma realizes that Ruby gave Ashley her car and deliberately sent her to Sean's house as a diversion. Emma asks Ruby to tell her where Ashley is so she does not have to deal with Mr. Gold alone. Ruby tells her Ashley left a half hour ago for Boston because she believes she can disappear there. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Cinderella, Prince Thomas, and the dwarves are in a cave where they have a prison in which they are going to trap Rumpelstiltskin. They have a plan. They sent a message to Rumpelstiltskin telling him the doctor heard two heartbeats and there has to be a new deal for twins. They show Cinderella a red feather quill given by the blue fairy. And a spell has been put on it and anyone who signs it will be frozen in time. Yeah, good luck. It always amazes me how so many of these good guys think they can bamboozle the dark one. I'm glad at least Charming is trying to help Cinderella because her Prince Thomas is 15. He just wants to be playing <laughs> a fantasy video game. I don't it's know. like Game of Thrones. Like here's Marjorie and then there's little Tom, whatever his name was. Oh, Joffrey. He no, not Joffrey. To play no, to- oh, Tomlin. Tomlin. Tom- Tomlin. 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 Toman. Toman, yeah. Toman, yeah. Oh, poor little Toman. He just wants to play with the kittens that she got him. <laughs> I mean, and, that's a mood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and then play with her kittens, but you know, that's <laughs> okay. That's a wrong, wrong, wrong IP. Okay. But yeah, charming. Charming's here. Looking yeah. so handsome. Being so, so capable in, in his, in his damn, best costume. In his damnedest charming way. Being the most charming. Because you wish your prince was this good. Look at your man. Now look at Charming. (laughs) He's on a horse. He's in a dwarf cave. Now he's He's in a dwarf cave. (laughs) He's kissing his girl from a glass coffin. Now look at your 15-year-old prince playing Fortnite. (laughs) In Storybrooke, Emma and Henry are driving and they see Ruby's car crashed and deserted at the town line. They hear screaming and they see Ashley on the side of the road and she has gone into labor. Emma and Henry get her in the car and rush her to the hospital. Ashley is frightened that Mr. Gold is going to take her baby, and Emma tells her if she wants her baby, she's got to grow up and basically fight for, you got to fight for your right to party, Ashley. You got to fight for your right. Jennifer Morrison like acts her pants off in this part, which is really good because Ashley is giving the worst performance. Jennifer is giving us so much, and then over here is Ashley going, I do want my baby and i can't even deal with it i just yeah she's she's, she's not good she's not good i just want to leave yeah but yeah uh emma is is definitely the heart of this episode i only care about what's going on because emma cares exactly Um, yeah she definitely i i really love jennifer's performance in that scene like emma cares and henry cares so therefore i care because they care but i do not actually care about this person regardless of what they tell me right So back in the fairy tale, Cinderella is meeting Rumpelstiltskin and she tells him she wants to alter the bargain. So there's a very quick shot where he is casually drinking from a flask that he just flings into the garden. It's a very nice touch. He couldn't be sober to deal with her and neither could the rest of us. Well, (laughs) I know why he is drinking from that flask. Like I now kind of understand the timeline and stuff. So I'm like, uh... I know why you're drinking. I still like to believe that he needs to be boozed up to deal with Cinderella because she's insufferable. Well, that too. And also because of what 
is about to happen too. Rumble tells her that he does not alter his bargains, but she lies and tells him that she's having twins and spins a yarn about their kingdom being so poor they cannot feed the people. She tells him she can have more children, but she cannot make her land fertile because mm. she's so fertile. children. She offers him a new contract and the red quill. The new deal is that if he makes their land fertile, he can have both of the babies. Rumpelstiltskin takes the red quill and tells her that the only way to stop him is with magic. He reminds her that all magic comes with a cost. He tells her that if she uses magic to imprison him, she will be even more in debt to him. He takes the quill and signs the contract, effectively freezing him. He tells her no one breaks deals with him and assures her no matter what or where she goes, he will find her and he will have her baby one day. Listen, kids, Rumpelstiltskin is an idiot in one way and in one way only. And we haven't gotten to that point of the story. It's crazy. It's crazy obvious. He knows what's going down and he is playing along for reasons we have yet to figure out. Watching this episode this time around, I realized something really interesting about the fake contract in the story that, that they come up with, that Charming comes up with for, um, for Cinderella. And it's in relation to a future reveal from a later episode, so I'm not going to actually go into the details because no spoilers. But I really want to talk to it because it's actually very clever. Um, so we'll talk about that in a few episodes from now. Like, he's really hemming on on about this your debt will grow business to Cinderella. Like, he's very much like, if you don't pay me now, your debt will grow. And it's like, what? You owed me one baby, but now there's interest and you owe me five babies. Like, what is he going to do with all these children? He's going to have so many if he's charging interest. Is he starting a child army? This is what I want to know. He's trying to fill the void in his heart. With so many many babies. (laughs) He just has a closet. He's like, this is where I keep the babies. (laughs) I don't know what I want to do with them. They're just there. They're just there. There. I open the door. I stare at them. I close it. That's about as much as I can take. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Henry tells Emma she is different because she's the only one that can leave Storybrooke. This is an inconsistency, but okay. Henry tells her she is the savior and she can do anything she wants. The nurse comes to tell Emma the baby has been born. uh, It's a girl and the baby and mother are doing fine. Mr. Gold shows up and thanks Emma for returning his investment. Back in the Enchanted Forest, as David and Grumpy are loading up Rumple in the Enchanted Paddy Wagon, can Cinderella. I just say how much I love the phrase "the enchanted paddy wagon." <laughs> <laughs> I just I felt I have to make things express that. <laughs> I had to make I had to make things amusing for myself sometimes. I love that. It's gonna be my new band. <laughs> Cinderella tells Prince Thomas she is so happy because she thought she would have to go back to her old life. Prince Thomas tells Cinderella that as long as he is alive, nothing will happen to her. Suddenly, Cinderella starts to feel sick, and the prince runs to the well for water. The sickness passes, and she calls Thomas to come back, but he doesn't return, and only his cape is found. Cinderella runs to the cage that holds Rumpelstiltskin and demands to know where her husband is. He reminds her that all magic comes with a price. Drink! He tells her she will not find her husband until the price is paid and he has her baby. What happens to Prince Thomas in the Enchanted Forest? I don't think the show ever explains it. Like, he's just now here in Storybrooke being a dumb teen. But, like, where'd he go? He didn't want to anymore. Then why'd he come back? 
in Storybrooke. I just don't understand. Because he forgot everything, so he forgot that he didn't want it anymore. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> he just was like, this is my chance, and ran. More Fortnite for me. <laughs> I don't want to be married. I just want to play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they never explain where he goes or anything. And clearly he's not dead because the dead don't, you know. Don't begin the storybook, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just, he, his cape was weighing him down. He had to be able to really run fast. He went to go live with the mold people at the bottom of the well, I guess. <laughs> he was like, it is a better life for me <laughs> than with this woman. <laughs> I've, I've learned nature of my ways. I much, must shed my, my title and my kingdom and live in the well. The mold people won't make me stop playing Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start a Twitch, Twitch channel. <laughs> hey it's thomas and the mole people streaming live every tuesday at seven i think the only other thing i really had to say about this show was they definitely switched makeup artists between scenes because rumple's makeup gets much worse in this scene than it was in the previous one and that's like a major bone i have throughout the entire show is the inconsistency of his makeup jobs yeah it gets progressively worse as the series goes on but then sometimes it's great yeah and then the next scene it's once again back to the like someone got him ready in the dark and went it's good enough and just kicked him out at storybrook hospital mr gold is speaking to emma and she wants to know why he called the baby his merchandise he tells her if anyone could understand why someone would give up a baby she should emma insists that he is not getting the baby he rebuffs with a threat to call the police about ashley's break-in and assault on him and the baby will end up in the foster system while ashley sits in jail Emma tells Mr. Gold that she is willing to go to court and test if the contract will hold up in a court as she believes other skeletons will shake out of his closet. Mr. Gold admits that he can't bluff Emma and Emma demands he tear the contract up. Of course, he does not do such things. He makes deals. So he offers to release Ashley's contract if Emma takes over the deal, a favor to be called upon in the future. Emma agrees. Gold leaves and Emma goes to visit Ashley and tell her that she took care of Mr. Gold as she swapped for the deal. <laughs> Sucker. Emma was so ready to throw hands with Mr. Gold that <laughs> oh. scene. And I think it took every ounce of her self-control just not to not deck him in the face. She just, she has the rage and I love it. I think yeah. she was scared of that gold cane coming right the fuck, like cracking down on her head. Like, it's like, yeah. And they stand, I think she's a, a, a hair taller than him too. I think so, she is, yeah. Yeah. Cause she, she's a tall lady and he's an average size man. So, uh, well, like, I mean, and also as we've learned in previous episodes, apparently that hospital has just security cameras everywhere, even in places you don't need them to be. And she's like, they'll see me suplex this guy. <laughs> and I just got offered that deputy, that sweet, sweet deputy role. <laughs> I've been out of jail for a whole 15 minutes this time. I can't go back. <laughs> She she will kick anyone's ass, and I honestly love her for that. Mm-hmm. She's so good. <laughs> Emma sees that it's almost 5 p.m., and she has to get Henry home before Regina gets home and finds out that he failed. They rush out, and we cut to Regina zipping up her dress in a room at Granny's bed and breakfast. She is talking to someone who is in the shower as she prepares to leave, reminding the mystery person that they left their socks under the bed. Ho, ho, ho. Regina is having a secret tryst. As she drives him home, Emma tells Henry she has decided her codename for Operation Cobra will be Pumpkin in honor of Cinderella. Henry rejects this immediately. He tells her that he has a better nickname, but he is not sure she is ready to hear it just yet. 
Emma drops Henry off and he rushes upstairs just as his mom gets home. Regina storms to his room where Henry is nonchalantly reading a comic book. She waves his shoe at him and tells him not to leave his shoes lying on the stairs as someone could get hurt. But Henry wanted to be Cinderella. He was feeling inspired. Regina is none the wiser and after she leaves, Henry breathes a sigh of relief. Back at the hospital, Sean shows up to see Ashley and the baby. Who told him? I have no idea. He brought a present for the baby, a pair of slippers, and Ashley tells him, oh, they're perfect. Sir, those baby shoes are way too big for those tiny little bean feet. They're enormous. Emma calls stupid handsome Graham and accepts the deputy position, saying that she thinks it's time to put down roots. She asks stupid handsome Graham if Regina is going to be happy about this, and he replies, who cares? This is his business. Meanwhile, the last shot we see is a pair of socks under the bed, revealing that the person Regina was sleeping with is stupid handsome Graham. And here we have it, folks, the beginning of the very most not okay plot in season one. End credits. <laughs> so uh this is a heavy rumpelstiltskin episode and therefore i love it despite ashley cinderella annoying the ever-living shit out of me this episode does a good job of establishing rumpelstiltskin's disdain for fairies and sets the stage for future animosities the one detail i take major issue with is lazy writing because boston is not four hours from maine yet again like just ugh <sighs> they would uh, okay i've already talked extensively about it so i'm not gonna get further into it you've heard my rant it just bothers me. So this episode does a good job at making you care more about Emma. Um, you feel like you understand her a little bit better after this episode. Uh, this episode also succeeds in making you intrigued by Mr. Gold. It definitely establishes him as more of a threat. Like, he'll, he'll steal your baby. Um, but what this episode does not succeed at is but actually- will he give me a baby? That's all I want to know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, but what this episode does not succeed at is is letting you connect with cinderella it's this episode is pretty much your only chance to get to know her uh, because i think she only has a minor part in a couple more episodes after this but yeah overall um i'm just not the biggest fan of how they handle cinderella in once upon a time i love cinderella and so many other forms um she's a princess who's very special to me and i definitely felt pretty let down by this version uh, especially when you compare it to things like how wonderfully they portray snow uh, they do amazing with snow and and Cinderella is someone who has so much potential with her core characteristics of someone who is kind despite her trauma and abuse. And that's interesting. And they could have told some really interesting stories for her. But instead, th this is how they decide to waste that opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree that their portrayal of Cinderella is just really, really, really bad. She just comes off as really selfish and conniving. And like you said, she's a character defined by her compassion despite her circumstances. And this version of her is more like someone who would just leave a trail of bodies in her wake to escape being poor. Even the prince just kind of seems like a means to an end. Not like she really even has that much affection for him. Like, I don't know. Ashley bugs me, guys. She's just selfish and manipulative, which is not what Cinderella is supposed to be. But I think we can all agree that Graham was very dashing. I should I should add yeah like you know there's really no excuse because we have the wonderful Cinderella adaptation film um Ever After mm -hmm. so we've seen an amazing ultimate Cinderella story be really fleshed out and they could have they should have just gone the Ever After route of that Yeah, because she know? had definitely the like the the drive and the like you know I'm going to be a very capable 
woman and not be hemmed in as a damsel, but she's still like Drew Barrymore Cinderella is ultimately still incredibly compassionate. Yeah. And that's completely absent from this portrayal. She doesn't care about anyone but herself. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Like Ashley just leaves a trail of bodies in her wake TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I didn't like her wedding dress. Um, he like Castro to me, just like, I've said this before, like he just suffers from like too much syndrome. And I just wish that he had removed one frill. Like she had scales, like sequins on the titties and flowers (laughs) on her puffy sleeves. I mean, it was a hot fucking mess. Like, and you only saw like really up close when her and Thomas were on the balcony. Um, prom. Yeah, yeah, at her prom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for Cinderella, I'm not really into her ball gowns. Uh, I, I, the nightgown was beautiful. The nightgown is was like her only good look, only good hair, only good look. The rest of the background characters in her weddings, yeah, they're definitely wearing they're wearing prom dresses from 2003, like we talked about earlier. It's just they're bad. They're very bad. Uh, I also, oh yes, and this is the first time we get to see Emma's flashy retro blue jacket. I now, do like the blue jacket. I love the like like breakdancer jacket. It's so flash and so fly. I really I love it. It's like Jackson 5 at the height of their game in the 70s, like breakdancing, early hip hop, super fly. Yeah, it is a good look. It is a good look. Yeah, I also really love her blue jacket, but admittedly I love it because it reminds me of Gerard Way's party poison look. And he's my best boy in the entire world. So there's that. And I can't really talk about costumes too much because I'm just going to end up screaming about the purple dress again for three hours. So I'm going to have to cut myself off and just say I like the blue jacket. (laughs) Next time on Once Upon a Rewatch, as stupid handsome Graham deputizes Emma, a giant sinkhole mysteriously appears at the edge of town. Henry's life is placed in danger when he decides to explore the innards of the sinkhole to see if its contents can link the inhabitants of Storybrooke to the Enchanted Forest. Meanwhile, Back in the Enchanted Forest, Jiminy yearns to leave the family business and transform into the person he truly wants to be. Join us next Sunday to discuss that still small voice. Thank you for tuning in to Once Upon a Rewatch. We are the Narrators 3. The moral of this episode is, read the fucking fine print before you potentially sign away your firstborn. You can find us on anchor.fm slash onceuponarewatch, on Twitter at onceuponrewatch, and at Tumblr at onceuponarewatch.tumblr.com. I want to say a very special thank you to the master of free music, Kevin McLee. Our intro music is Frost Waltz, and our outro is Fairy Tale Waltz. And remember, all pod devices come with a price. Lynn, I see your note here about Gerard Way's party poison look, and I was like, I was like, Gerard Butler made a made an album because I get them both mixed up like all the time because I'm like, I don't like, because I, you know. Gerard my true Way's- love, my true love, Gerard Way, you get him confused. <laughs> yeah. You get I, him I, confused I, with this is Sparta, kick man and hole. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know. They're both named Gerard, so it's just an unusual name. They're the only two Gerards I've, I've, I've ever like kind of This is Gerard Tattoo Erasure. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Oh shit. Oh no. <laughs> uh.